0: Open your Bibles if you would to Esther chapter 5. Esther chapter 5. You know, this morning I I woke up this morning with a with a weird thought. I not even knowing what the date was, <clears throat> I I just woke up thinking today's your birthday. And uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Thanks, Ronnie. Uh, and 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 everybody. Hopefully, those of you that know me know my birthday's in December. So I, I was like, huh? And I looked at the date. I I looked at I looked on my cell phone. I saw the date, and today is my birthday. I I was I was saved 39 years ago today. So uh, yeah, it was you know it was just kind of odd, but. I woke up thinking that and didn't even know what the date was. <clears throat> so so thirty-nine years, thirty-nine years I've been saved, and boy, I tell you, God has done a work in my life, and I am so very thankful for that. And it's been it's been step by step. Amen. All the way, all along the way. <laughs> Excuse me. The older I get, spiritually and, and physically. I, I realize more and more how different each and every one of us are. And I think that, that just comes with age and wisdom. I, I don't know. But, you know, when you're younger, you just kind of think everybody thinks like you, 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 you know. And then uh, the older you get, you realize how stupid other people are. It, you, you know, just, no, seriously, you know, God, God makes us all different. And, and, and God made me really different. Uh, <laughs> amen for that right uh, but but seriously you know one of the things and, and I'm going to start off talking about something you're going to go what uh, but just bear with me I have a point to it uh, I love puzzles how many of you now I know Verlon loves puzzles every time I visit Ver, Verlon she's got a puzzle on her kitchen table uh, how many of you love puzzles okay we're, we're sick okay just saying okay there's something wrong with us but <laughs> uh, to me, to me, the reason I love puzzles so much is because to me, lo- pu- puzzles equal logic. Uh, I I I love putting round pegs in round holes and square pegs and 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 there's there's the, the the logic of a puzzle is to me, uh, almost soothing. Is that, does that make sense? Uh, it's, it's, it's therapeutic almost. Um, uh, my definition of logic is something that just makes sense. And, and there's something about a puzzle when you, when you take a piece and you, you find where it fits, not just because of the shape, but because of the colors around it. You know, because have you ever done a puzzle where a piece fits, but it doesn't fit? Yeah. Absolutely. We've all done that. And, and, you know, I've put it in and I'm like, okay, that that doesn't go there. Even though it fits, the logic in me tells me it doesn't fit. And... <clears throat> At the same time, it's almost it, it, it would seem to be contradictory to say that I like to live in the moment. I, 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 uh, my wife uh, does not like last minute changes. Yes, yeah, spontaneity. she She likes everything the way it's supposed to be. But I respond very well to spontaneity, uh, living in the moment, if you would, uh, getting a phone call and saying, you know, hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay, no problem. Boom, change of plans. It, it, my wife just melts. Uh, poof. You know, me, I, I throw, and, and you would think somebody who's as logical as I am that that would be contradictory. But I'm here to tell you, I believe the two, go hand in hand because flexibility and logic are not contradictory i believe they actually complement each other and and the way i would illustrate that is have you ever done a puzzle not knowing what the puzzle's supposed to look like not seeing a picture of what the puzzle is supposed to look? i have and That is where flexibility and logic come together because you have to be able to, you you understand what I'm saying? Because you don't know what the puzzle is supposed to look like, you need to be flexible in your abilities, but at the same time, logical in your thinking. That's a bad season, but (laughs) yes. Yeah, and then you wonder why I have migraines, right? As we muddle our way through life, cannot life itself seem like a puzzle that we do not know what the picture is? And can it not feel like at times that this huge puzzle that we're trying to put together isn't working? Have you ever felt like that? I have. For Father's Day, <clears throat> John and Ashley bought me a, a, a 3D puzzle. Do you, do you all know 3D puzzles? I, I, I love... 3D puzzles are, are the bomb. Okay, they're, they're just really cool. Anyway... It's about this long, about that tall, but it's a it's a three d puzzle of the USS enterprise uh, air, aircraft carrier. It's got little airplanes and helicopters on it. it's it is, I almost brought it this morning, but it, because it's a puzzle, it's very fragile, and I, I didn't want it to I, I didn't want it to get get broken. <clears throat> but they bought me this puzzle, and and it took me about, I don't know, about an hour and a half, maybe two hours to put it all together. And, (laughs) um, but the, the, the thing is, I, I, it comes with a a set of instructions and I, I started with step one and I, I, you know, went all the way through the steps and I, I put it all together and it was done. And I, I should have taken a picture of it and put it up for you, um, but uh, uh, anyway, uh, it, 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 it really turned out pretty cool. But the key is I carefully followed the directions. I had a picture of what it was supposed to look like, and then I had step-by-step instructions of how to get it from all these little pieces into this, this big thing that I have sitting in my office. A moment ago, I I made the statement that sometimes life can feel like a huge puzzle that we can't see the picture of. And in that statement, there are two really key words there, and that is feel like. See, oftentimes we, and I use the word muddle on purpose because that's exactly how it feels sometimes. But there are times as we muddle our way through life that it feels like the pieces aren't fitting together. It feels like God's not leading us along. But I'm here to tell you, He is always leading us along. See, God never promises... to remove, and one of the things I loved about that song is God never promises to remove trials and struggles in our lives. But what he does promise us is when we go through trials and struggles, he will be with us. What does he say in the 23rd Psalm? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he will be with us as we go through that valley. He's not going to remove the valley, but he's going to walk through it with us. See, there's a, there's a big problem when we start to think that the, puzzles, the pieces of the puzzle are not fitting together. Let me give you a couple of the pieces so that you can kind of understand where, where I'm going with this. Uh, 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 John chapter 3, verses 16 and seven. one of the big pieces of the puzzle is that God loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but, through the, but that the world through him might be saved. Amen. See, that's a big piece of the puzzle. Another one is that God desire, God has a desire for you. In John chapter 16, verse 30, actually there are many desires that God has for us. This is just one. These things say, uh, these things uh, have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. God's desire, one of God's desires for your life is to have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. See, trouble's coming, but we can have peace in the midst of trouble. Another piece is that God, God's direction for you in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, lead not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. See, God wants to direct in our lives. God wants to lead us along. But oftentimes, we are the ones fighting the leading and not allowing Him to lead. The Bible has every piece of your puzzle and my puzzle. Every piece is here. There's 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 nothing that you need that's that's not in this book. To me, I I I how many of you buy puzzles at thrift stores? Any of you stupid enough to do that? Okay. I don't I don't Bonnie, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't do it. You know why? Because I'm always fearful that there's going to be one piece missing. Yeah, or a piece that doesn't belong. Or, or, yes, or a piece that doesn't belong, yes. <clears throat> you know, I, 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 I have bought puzzles at, at thrift stores. And, and most of the time, all the pieces are there. But I did a puzzle one time, brand new, right out of the box. I mean, I broke the seal on it and everything. And a piece was missing. That was meant for you, <laughs> man. But you know what? I, I tore. I tore, It was. It was upstairs, and uh, when I put the puzzle together, and it had fallen off my puzzle table and rolled underneath the couch. I was. I, I was ready to kill someone. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Praise God. None of the pieces of your puzzle. Are missing. Now we may feel like it sometimes, but the pieces are all there. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 uh, And we know that all things work together for them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. All things include hard times, tragic situations, difficult situations. All things work together for good. All of the pieces of the puzzle. Are important the book of Esther as we have been looking at the the book of Esther is like a is like a two-sided puzzle. Have you ever seen a two-sided puzzle? you talk about insanity every piece has a picture on both sides and you've got to not only do you have to figure out if it Fits in the spot, but you got to figure out if it's the right side or, or, or flip it around, or it can it can actually put you in the funny farm. <laughs> but actually, the Book of Esther is kind of like that because on on the one side we see the story of Esther uh, uh, and the fact that we see this incredible story of of courage and 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 salvation uh, for uh, millions of people. And then the second part of the puzzle that we see is the providence of God. And we've talked about this for several weeks, but it's worth repeating. Is the story of the book of Esther a good story? Absolutely. It is is an incredible story. But is the story the purpose of the book? No, No. No. The purpose of the book is not the story of Esther and, and Mordecai, but it is the it is about the providence of God. Is there a time? Is there ever a time where God is not in control? No. God is in control. Say that with me. God is in control. One more time. God is in control. Now we're going to say it one more time and I want you to say it like you believe it. Okay? God is in control. Always. Whether you think he is or not, he is. the title of my message is The Pieces of the Puzzle. The Pieces of the Puzzle. This morning we're going to look at God starting to put the pieces of the puzzle together. In Esther chapter five, let's start reading in verse one and it says, and it came to pass on the third day that Esther uh, put on her royal apparel and stood in the inner court and the king, uh, of the king's house and over against the king's house and the king sat upon his royal throne and the royal house over against the gate of the house and it was so when the king saw esther the queen standing in the court that she obtained favor in his sight and the king and the king held out uh, to esther the golden scepter that was in his hand so esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter <clears throat> every puzzle that i do after, after, I don't know if people are like me, but I always do the edges first. I, I, don't, I don't know why I do that. I just do. I actually did a puzzle one time did the edges last. Uh, that, was, that was really stupid. Okay. But anyway, after I put together the, the edges, I always look for a, a key part of the puzzle that the, the, kind of the puzzle revolves around. Does that make sense? And then, and then I actually work out from that, from that point. And sometimes it's a, uh, like recently I did one of, a, of an eagle soaring through the air and, you know, I, I did, the, did the eagle and then I just did the sky around it and, you know, it just, that's just how I do it. So I always look for a, a key piece or a key part of the puzzle that once it's done, then the rest of the puzzle is actually relatively easy. Here we see the king sitting on his royal throne and his, his attendants are all around him, more than likely conducting state business. But I want you to put yourself in that and, and, and try and imagine the, the, royal, the royal throne or the royal court, if you would. Uh, more than likely, the floors and the walls were all marble. Uh, any any fixtures on the walls were probably made of gold or silver. Uh, beautiful tapestries were more than likely hanging on the wall. And here he is sitting on his royal throne in all of this majesty. Do you think that that in itself is a little intimidating? Yes. Absolutely. The king is uh, <clears throat> sitting there, and Esther steps out from behind a pillar I, I you know again my imagination is it goes wild on things like this but I, I almost see her standing behind this pillar kind of looking out okay what kind of mood is he in you know but she steps out from behind the pillar and immediately every person in the room stops breathing why? because she is a walking dead person at that point. Nobody was allowed to enter the presence of the king with not being invited. So here she is. She's taken it upon herself to come into the presence of the king. And as soon as she is seen by everybody, this, this hush goes across the room. Can you, can you picture that? And every eye turns to the king. What's he going to do? If he doesn't lower the scepter, uh, she will be killed within seconds. But if he does lower the scepter, her life will be spared. Chances are, as she steps out and and everybody in the room starts to... (gasps) The guards are more than likely moving toward her with their swords drawn... waiting to see what the king will do my first point this morning is this the scepter of grace the scepter of grace this i believe is the key part of the puzzle in this story of the providence of god the fact that the king <clears throat> has in his her view, the life of the queen. As soon as she steps out, her life, for all intents and purposes, is over. Think about that. Her life literally is, is dependent on the actions of the king over the next two or three seconds. If he's going to lower the scepter, or if he's going to just hold it and say, okay, it was nice knowing you, The scepter of grace. I can't imagine that this, this this very short period of time feeling like an eternity. But the king finally reaches out his scepter to, to Esther. And she walks over and she touches the top of the scepter, which is the custom of the day. Grace. The secular word for grace literally means special favor. And for whatever reason, the king exercises grace by extending this scepter to Esther. She found special favor in his eyes. Now, let me ask you a question. Did, did she do anything to deserve grace? No. Because, because had she done anything, it wouldn't be grace, would it? For all intents and purposes, when she steps out, she is a, is a walking dead person at that point. It is just a matter of seconds before her life is to come to an end. But the grace that the king had in his heart toward his wife, Esther, he, he extends grace to her. Look at chapter four uh, of, of the book of Esther <clears throat> in verse 16 it says, go, go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast for uh, fast ye for me and <clears throat> neither eat nor drink three days um, uh, night or day. I also, my maidens, will fast likewise, and so will I go unto the king, which is not according to the law. And get this, if I perish, I perish. See, she, she had every intention. She knew that, that the odds were against her. She knew that the, 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 the it, would be a, it would be short of a miracle for her to walk away. Alive. She was prepared to die. But let's look at biblical grace for just a moment. Because I believe you can't look at this without looking at biblical grace. The definition of biblical grace is this. Unmerited divine assistance given to humans for their regeneration and sanctification. Now, I know that's a mouthful, but basically, let me tell you this. God is holding out the scepter to mankind today. Repeat what? Oh, the definition? The unmerited divine assistance given to to humans for their regeneration and sanctification. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. As Esther stood there, she deserved to die because she broke the law. We deserve to die because we have broken the law of sin. We are all guilty before a holy and righteous God. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Just as Esther could do nothing to earn grace in the, in the eyes of the king, we cannot earn grace in the eyes of the king. We cannot earn it. Yet he extends it to us. 1,500 years prior to the birth of Christ. Balaam, y'all, y'all know who Balaam is? If you don't, read read up on him. I don't have time this morning to go into Balaam, but Balaam prophesied the birth of Jesus 1,500 years prior to his birth. In Numbers chapter 24, verse 17, it says, And I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh there shall come a star out of Jacob. Does that sound familiar? See, he's prophesying the birth of Jesus, but he does something incredible that oftentimes we miss. He goes on and says, and not only is he prophesying the birth of Jesus, did we not have this verse? I'm sorry, that's my fault. Uh, Not only does he prophesy the birth of Christ, But he goes on and says, and the scepter shall rise out of Israel. Balaam not only prophesies 1,500 years prior the birth of the Savior, uh, the star out of Jacob, but he also calls him the scepter out of Israel. Do you think that was by accident? I don't think so. God's divine scepter for mankind. Jesus Christ. Amen. Ephesians chapter two verse five says, uh, "Even when we were dead in our sins, He hath quickened us." The word "quickened" there means to be made alive. So we were dead in our sins, but we are made alive unto un, uh, 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 together with Christ. For by grace are you saved. The royal scepter makes us alive because of grace. How did life, uh, Esther's life, how, how was it spared? It was spared by the extension of the scepter. How are we saved from a life of? of hell and separation from God. The extension of the scepter of Israel, Jesus Christ. What an incredible picture that oftentimes as we read the book of Esther, we fail to comprehend the picture that God is painting for us. The wonderful picture of grace that is available not only to Esther in the story, but to each and every one of us. In Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas were in prison. And, and I'm going to condense the story here for you uh, for time's sake. But Paul and Silas were in prison and a, a great earthquake takes place and 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 all the doors in the prison are opened. And the warden of the prison starts to freak out a little bit and, and <clears throat> assuming that all the prisoners have fled... He, he, he decides he's going to take his own life and in Acts chapter 16 verse 28 uh, the Bible says and Paul cried out with a loud voice saying, do thyself no harm for we are all here and he, and he he convinces the war not to commit suicide, not to take his own life because nobody left. everybody's still here. And the warden is overcome by emotion and he, and he comes to Paul and to Silas and he asks the question that mankind has been asking for centuries. Acts chapter 16, verse 30. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? What was he asking? He was asking the simple question of, what do I need to do in order for God to lower the scepter for me? And I love the answer. In verse 31, and they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the scepter of Israel, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. In other words, there is nothing you can do to earn the grace of God in your life except by accepting the scepter. What an incredible picture for us. The grace of God that is active in our lives, not only for our salvation, but also for the growth that takes place in our lives. For 39 years today, I have seen God do miraculous things in my life. And I have deserved not one of them. Yet his grace has been poured out upon me time after time after time. And the pieces of my puzzle sometimes, you know, God has the ability of putting this piece in over here and this one here and over here. And sometimes we look at it and we think it does not make any sense. But you know what? It doesn't need to make sense to us. Let's say it. God is in In control. control, not you. Number two, we saw the scepter of grace. Let's look at the actions of Esther again in verses one and two. And now it came to pass on the third day that Esther put on her royal apparel and stood in the inner court of the king's house over against the king's house. And the king sat upon his throne Uh, in the royal house over against the gate of the house and it was so excuse me and it was so when king the king saw Esther the queen standing in the court that she obtained favor in his sight and the king held out to Esther the golden scepter and it was in his hand so Esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter you know it is not always enough to pray and to have faith there are times in our lives where where we and 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 let, let me let me please emphasize this we need to be people of prayer we need to be in in his word daily we need to be praying daily and we need to be strengthening our faith but there are times where god needs us to step out and do and it was time for Esther. Okay, Esther, it is time for you to put into practice every ounce of energy and faith that you can muster. The problem is most Christians today want they you know they'll pray and they'll they'll have faith but don't ask me to do but yet you want the blessings of God in your life like Esther did. It doesn't work that way. There are times in each of our lives that God says it's time to do. And James chapter 2, verses 19 and 20 says, Thou believest that there is one God. Thou doest well. The devil also believes and trembles. But Thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is what? Dead. Don't tell me you're a person of faith if you're not willing to do. It doesn't work that way. It does not work that way. She did not just act out of impulse. She fasted for three days And asked other people to fast. And she was prepared. In verses 1 it says that she put on the royal apparel. She prepared herself to go into the presence of the king. She was prepared. Now I dare say that most of us, if not all of us, if we got a phone call tomorrow from from the president of the United States secretary, and said, oh, by the way, uh, the president would like to invite you to lunch uh, on Friday. Here, we're going to send you an airplane ticket. We're going to fly you to Washington, D.C., and and it's just going to be you and him. Now, I don't know about you, but I think I would probably take a shower that morning. Yeah. Okay, just, just saying. Okay. Uh, I don't believe I would wear my cutoff jeans. Well, I don't have cut-off jeans, but I do have a pair of shorts. I don't think I'd be wearing my my shorts and flip-flops and a dirty old raggedy T-shirt. I think I would be prepared to meet the President of the United States. I would probably sort through my the suits in my closet and say, okay, this is the best suit that I have. In fact, I know I would do it. I don't care who would be president because I respect the office of president. Amen. Amen. See, she was prepared. I want to look at very quickly Peter for just a minute. Peter, Peter is probably one of the five most interesting people in scripture to me. I, I, I Peter's one of the five when we get to heaven I want to sit down and have a real long talk with because he and I are, are are a lot alike. we're both really stupid. We do a lot of things, not anyway. Y- y'all know what I mean. but let's look at look at Peter for just a minute. Matthew chapter fourteen verse twenty six to thirty. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea. Now what is what is taking place here? Uh, what's taking place is the disciples, Jesus had sent the disciples ahead in the boat and he says, Hey, I'll catch up with you. And they're and they're in the they're they're going across the sea and, and the, the there's a storm going on, and then all of a sudden Jesus comes comes walking up on the water. Okay? Freaky. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, so it says, And when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were troubled, saying, Is it a spirit? You would have said the same thing if you hadn't passed out. (laughs) Most of us would have, you know. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. But Peter answered him and said, Lord, if if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. and And he cried saying, Lord, save me. Now, did Peter Peter act? Yes. Yes. He put his faith into practice. But he made two critical mistakes. Number one, he wasn't prepared. He wasn't prepared. You say, how do you know he wasn't prepared? Because he lost his focus. That was his second mistake. He lost his focus. Was Esther focused? absolutely she was focused why was she focused she was focused because she was prepared she had prepared herself see peter just well hey if that's really you then you know i you know can i come out there yeah come on out man so what's peter do he actually jumps out and he starts walking on the water but he wasn't prepared faith his faith was not prepared Because what happened, now all of a sudden his eyes, he took his eyes off of Jesus and he put it on the surrounding uh, circumstances of life. And oftentimes what happens in our lives is we muddle our way through life and then when we get into a circumstance, we get sidetracked very easily and we get our eyes off of Jesus Christ and we get them onto our, our circumstances like Peter did. And what happens at that point? We start to sink. And we have to put our hands up and say, Jesus, save me. But the reality is, if we were prepared, had we been spending time in the word daily, had we been spending time with Jesus daily in prayer, had we been spending time meditating on the things of God When the storms of life come, what? We are able to focus on Jesus Christ and not the circumstances of life. That's how we can have peace in the midst of storm. But we have to be prepared. Esther had prepared herself to meet the king. My question to you this morning is, are you prepared to meet the king? Esther was on a mission. See, Esther was not muddling her way through life. She was on a mission. Let me close with a couple of thoughts. Number one is the grace of God far far exceeds the grace of an earthly king. See, the king was able to spare Esther's life because for all intents and purposes, Esther was dead. But because of his compassion, or, or or whatever you want to call it, the grace that he found, he extended this golden scepter to her, and saved her physical life. But what about her eternal life? See, had the king had the king not lowered the scepter, she would have passed from human life to eternal life, would she not? And she would have continued to live. See, the earthly king only has power on on the things of this earth. But our heavenly father has the golden scepter of life, eternal. Eternal. Esther put into action her faith. She decided that it was time to do. If you have, as we've been looking at the, the the book of Esther, Esther and Mordecai both were two people who kind of sat back and thought, you know what? We're not going to make any waves. We're just going to kind of kind of make our way through this thing. And and Esther gets chosen queen. Okay, that's good. We're just we're not going to make any waves. And that's where most Christians want to live their lives. Where they don't want to be wave makers. And I get that. But there are times in our life that God says it's time for you to do. And Esther was said, "Okay, it's my if I die, I die." You know, let me ask you a, a very sobering question. What is the worst thing can happen to somebody who believes in Jesus Christ? The worst thing that can happen is that you die. Is that a bad thing? No. No. Let's speed this thing up. (laughs) Probably the most comforting part of all of this is as the pieces, and we're going to see more of the pieces next week as the pieces start to make a picture It it is more and more evident that God is in control. Amen. God is in control. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 1. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, as the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. We have nothing to fear. Again, let me say this, and and, and you guys know me, I don't care who's who's the governor of Nevada. I don't care who is the president of the United States. I don't care uh, what political person is in any office. My God is in control. And we're living in a world where wrong is right and right is wrong. And there are times where we look at it and we're saying the puzzle, the pieces of the puzzle are not fitting. And there are times in our own lives where we're looking at the circumstances of life and we're looking at it and we're thinking, God, this is not working. I'm here to tell you, God is in control. God is in control. And the biggest piece of the puzzle for the book of Esther and for your life is the scepter of grace. Praise God for grace. Because the king extended the grace to the queen and God is extending it to you and I not just for salvation. 39 years ago, God extended the the scepter of, of saving grace to me. 39 years ago, on board the USS Frank Cable, sitting in the port of Charleston, South Carolina. I can take you to the very spot where he saved my soul. And I touched the top of the scepter. but it hasn't stopped there. Every day of my life since, God has extended that scepter of grace in my life. Has it always made sense? Absolutely not. Will it make sense someday? I hope so. (laughs) No, I believe it will. But it's not for me to put those pieces together. It is up to me to trust God to put those pieces together in my life. Let's pray.